Hey, bosses. This week's episode is sponsored by the all-new FreshBooks. Find out more about them later in the show or check out freshbooks.com slash travel. Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey guys, it's Johnny and welcome to episode 176 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with Rob Berthold from San Diego currently. And where are we now? Currently in Gran Canaria, Las Palmas, more specifically the Nomad City Conference. Yeah. That's, it's, what's crazy is I think two or maybe two episodes ago, I had kind of first heard about Gran Canaria. Yeah. It was, let me pull it up. It was episode 172. Which was like just it was it was about a month ago, right? And I interviewed a guy from he's an Irish guy, and William McGuire, and he was telling me how much he liked Grand Canary and that he's going to go back, and it just got me thinking I should go to Grand Canary. Really, that was it. That was it. Wow. Because did you know about this event before you came? No. Really? Yeah, I, well, I, I knew nothing. The irony is neither did I. I mean, or not the irony, the coincidence there. Um, I'd actually had come for the Nomad Cruise, and then I wanted to just get away a little bit earlier. And so then I saw there was the co-workation uh, that was uh, Stuart and Denise were putting on. So I came to that. It was uh, last week. And then when I was, came here, I, was, I didn't know how I was going to spend this week. And then I found out that Nomad City was happening. So it's just... It's just, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I think what we're going to try to do for Nomad Summit is try to have events before and after as well that aren't necessarily hosted by Nomad Summit or myself, but just other people that want to do something. That's smart. You know, a week a week before, two weeks before. But actually, I was talking to the, the organizers um, of Nomad City and Nomad Cruise about this, and I think both of them agreed that it's good to have events right before, but that it was not a good idea to have it the day before. Oh, right. Because people were just exhausted. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I feel like because I did the co-workation and then this whole Nomad City thing, we were out, you know, hanging out, you know, and it's like it gets a bit much, you know. And so I think it is smart to have multiple events because that way you can capitalize on on the kind of a location. But everything in moderation, I guess. Yeah, or actually just more, even more spread out. Sure. So they were saying that what they will probably do next year is have Nomad City exactly one month before Nomad Cruise. That way people have an excuse to come to Grand Canary, get a monthly apartment on Airbnb. Oh, smart. It'll be cheaper. They can save some money, explore the, the island more, and then go on the cruise. Makes sense. Yeah. Nice. So what made you decide to go on the Nomad Cruise? Um, just kind of resetting, to be honest. Um, just trying to like just get going again and reset. And so um, I'd been wanting to kind of... I've been a location independent for... I don't know, last, I mean, for most of my career, but I just been kind of sitting in the house and, you know, sitting in my home office in San Diego and thinking, you know, I should be doing something, but then just, um, you know, my own little personal reasons of just having to be able to get out. And so, yeah, I just looked at it as, as an excuse, as an opportunity just to pull the trigger. What's funny is I bet you there's a lot of people who are technically location dependent right? that just work out of home in either San Diego or somewhere else in the U.S. or somewhere else in the world. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'd love to bring, you know, I, I love these kind of events that bring people together because honestly, I've been kind of starved for, for, uh, you know, human, you know, just, just talking to people has been kind of when you're just stuck in your, in your office and you're, you're working on things, you start losing focus, you start losing perspective, you lose your why. And then you kind of, I don't know, for me, I should say, I can't, I can't generalize that, but yeah, this has been a great opportunity. I like it. So how did you actually start with all this? Like, what's your background? Um, so, I mean, the, the, the quick version of it, I've been in, in software development for about 20 years, marketing for about the last 10 and, um, kind of moved more recently. I like kind of getting into things when they're kind of early on. So I got into uh, SEO pretty early on social strategy early on, and then, um, really kind of got back in the software as a service space and now looking to, uh, eventually I've finished an application, but I just need to launch it. That kind of makes marketing a little bit easier. And did you learn this in school or how did you learn all those skills? No, I mean, high school, I just kind of didn't fit in. I always say there's like uh, in Humboldt County, there's only two types of people. Humboldt County being Northern California, like the pot capital of the United States. There's only really two types of people. Those are cutting down trees and those that are hugging them. And I didn't fit either group. So I decided to get out of there. And, and, you know, I honestly, the way, the reason I decided to get out of there was, was because of the internet. And so, you know, I got my 9,800 baud modem, you know, and I was connecting into, you know, my IRC chats and, and realizing that the world is bigger than just uh, the county that I lived in. Yeah, just kind of followed that uh, kind of, I think computers have been my passion for as long as I can remember. That's crazy. I'm sure a lot of people listen have no idea what a 9800. <laughs> yeah, it was 9800. Then I got a 14.4 and a 56k, and then yeah, I just kept working my way up. Yeah, I remember when I upgraded from a 14.4 kilobyte per second modem. Yes. To a 56k. It was I was screaming like, fast. Oh my god! It was screaming fast. This is insane. I can download a photo in less than a minute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was hilarious back in the day when I think about it. Like. I, 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 my first website, I think was probably 93, 94, something like that. And the whole, so you built a website in 93. Yeah. My first one was, it was, it was called Robbie's domain, you know, but it wasn't even a domain. It was actually just on like, I think it was, um, it was on my, my local internet service provider gave me a little space. And then I got on to, let's see, it must've been XOOM. And then I think it was GeoCities. And nice. then I think it was Angel Fire. You know, I mean, like I was prolific. So guys, follow robbiesdomain.geocities.com <laughs> slash <laughs> 1778 slash. Yes. No, but they had like weird like um, subfolders of um, like different like neighborhood types. You know, I can't even remember the examples now, but it was weird. What a fun yeah. time. Yeah. So, okay. So you, you've been, you've been doing actual internet businesses for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've had different lives and I almost don't feel like I, it's almost feel like I've been different people in these different lives. I mean, like, you know, I had, I had a military career. I did software development and uh, military, uh, mostly internet development. My job was information management, which is kind of, um, clerical to a degree. Um, but I kind of just did, you know, I reached out and, and found a mentor that was, um, in the comms communication squadron and, and, uh, yeah, I did internet development. I got out of the military had a different life, moved to Hawaii, um, had a different life. Um, Why'd you move to Hawaii? Um, I got out, I was a staff sergeant and I kind of had an ego of like wanting to like, not just like take an entry level job. I, I'd found a job with, um, Aston hotels. It was like the, the large, um, resort in Hawaii. And so I was their director of e-commerce for, well, director of web innovation. I gave myself my own title, but it was director of e-commerce essentially. Um, and I did that for a little bit and yeah, I mean, it's odd though that I, I, I actually acclimate, I really like colder climates more. So I don't know what I'm doing here. Like I did 10 years in Hawaii. I did, I've been in San Diego the last four, the three, three years, but I'm just not a fan of 
of hot weather. I, I think like Portland, Oregon would be kind of like my, my jam. That's weird. I think most people in the world would love to live in Hawaii or San Diego because <laughs> of the warm weather. It goes, it goes like childhood trauma, not trauma, but I think uh, back in the day, so, you know, my mom got me a computer and uh, I'm on the computer, and, but then she'd say like, hey, it's sunny outside. Go out and do something productive. You know, don't waste your time on the computer, you know? And But when it was raining, she didn't bother me. And so when it rains, like I just feel so much more productive than when it's sunny out. I don't know. That actually makes sense. Okay. <laughs> But I th- so I actually think that you are, your situation at least is very opposite what a lot of the other people here at Nomad City or going on the cruise is like. Where a lot of people are starting out. Sure. They, they don't have web experience or mm-hmm. a business. And if anything, just, you know, even the, the weather thing, most people are chasing the summer where they're sick of winters and they have productivity issues where, <laughs> right. like, it's, like, it's, it's hard for people to focus and actually just build a business. Yeah, I, I don't know. I definitely think, I mean, I'm, it's, look, coming here, a lot of the people are kind of younger, you know, and I'm like how old are you, by the way? 38 now. So yeah, I feel old, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, am I, is, am I old, too old to even be traveling? And then, but then on the other hand, like I have conversations with these, you know, young whippersnappers, you know, and maybe I'll actually impart some, maybe some, you know, some, some help them avoid some of the hurdles that I faced. And so maybe that's kind of a, the beauty of having different ages at these events is. Yeah, that's true. And also I think like what's, what's kind of crazy is it seems like you have, you know, you have a good life, right? San Diego is probably nice, really nice place to live. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. It sounds like you're very successful with your business, that you have no problem, like, you know, being your own boss and having that like independence but at the same time it obviously you're looking like you there's something lacking in your life for yeah. you to want to come here i mean I, I wouldn't consider myself successful i guess if you it's it's a it's like really a, a scale right like i mean yeah i mean i don't i'm not struggling you know <laughs> so but so that's success maybe to some people if they you know if they but honestly like it's not i don't know i guess it's success is like a personal thing i i had a company when i got out of the military and i and i, and I quit my 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 first job, I had this idea that I was going to take over the world. And so I created a, even filed a patent on systems methods for a standard web platform, trademarked web OS. Like I thought I was going to create the first operating system for the internet. And that time in my life, I would say that I was successful. I mean, I had a decent sized company. I had a you know, dozen or so employees, um, about 700 customers. And like I was, I was, you know, kind of living the life, but the problem was like your, the ego kind of took over. And so I think it's been a while for me to like kill the ego and, now that I've killed the ego so much that it almost has like killed my drive to a small degree. You know, it's actually funny that you, you bring that up is because from day one that I met you, yeah. I always, I always thought of you as that opposite of ego. Like you yeah. seem so humble and so down to earth. And you, I think Thanks, you man. are today, but then that's crazy that you bring up that that kills the drive as well. I mean, to a degree, I think. Look, so you asked the kind of the question, the, the leading question into this was, and, and I can't tell a short story and everything, because for me, it's like there's a linear tree of like logic. And if you don't know the context, then, you know, like the intent and the context is in, to me more important than the, than the data, but, um, or the, the, the for service data. But I mean, I think a piece of it is like, I am looking for something. I'm, I'm kind of looking for my why to a degree. I think maybe I'm just successful enough not to like be, you know, out looking for my next meal kind of thing, but, I'll, but I'm not successful in the fact that I'm, I like, I regularly get like upset at myself for just not being out there. And, and I think more recently I've spent the uh, last couple of years developing this platform, which is kind of a culmination of just my marketing knowledge, I guess. And then using my technical knowledge to, to build a tool that, that kind of helps augment marketing. Um, and 
I just, you know, so it's, it's just weird for me because I've got it out there. I mean, it's done, it's been done. Right. And then I thought, well, you know, I don't want a high customer acquisition cost. And so, you know, I'm going to build a, like a, essentially build, you know, get my customer acquisition through building a, like a boot camp, and then, you know, having them actually giving them a, a free license to the software and having them be my beta tasters. Um, and so then I think, okay, well, to do that, I need to have like a really good course. Um, I've been teaching at the university for like the last six years. Uh, well, most university. Wait, what university? University of Hawaii's outreach program. Wow, nice. So I'm not like a, it's like non-credit courses. It's not like I'm like an actual instructor or anything. Uh, it's like a faux instructor, but I've been teaching there for, for several years. And so I have like these kind of, I've got tons of curriculum, right? Like it, mostly it's in the acquisition marketing space, which is my strength organic acquisition. So can you explain what that means? Yeah. So or, the idea is that when we look at kind of how we get customers, there's different marketing channels and there's different uh, tactics on on how to leverage the marketing channel. So for me, I got heavily into search engine optimization. I've got uh, some geek credentials in that space. And then I got into social strategy because I saw that search was kind of becoming social. And then, you know, I've been dabbling in email. And, and so it's this idea that like I've taken that that I've been teaching at the university and then turning that into a, a boot camp that I can just you know, like give away. But I realized that um, when I looked at it, it wasn't, I, I, everything about me is I have to have like a foundation. So I like holistic stuff. And so I thought, well, I need to, it needs to start with branding, right? Because, you know, a lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about kind of assume that you already have your key messaging or you have some sort of, you know, brand identity created. But I've, I don't know, I, I think the people that I, I don't really, well, let's just put it like this branding has always been something that um, allows people to kind of hide in, you know, there's kind of like the, the less tangible, uh, I'm trying to be really nice here, but no, no, just say <laughs> in, in a nutshell, I've, I've met some people that are, that are in branding that hide in the chaos, right. That hide in the ambiguity. And, you know, and for me, like, I'm just like, I like just being really clear with things. Um, so in a nutshell with this, I decided, okay, I'm gonna learn branding. So like June for pretty much three months, like all I did was like read every, everything impossible about branding, you know, Simon Sinek's, you know, why was like really a great one that says kicked it off. And so then I've created this like branding deck, but it's, it's not me coming off as a branding expert. It's me coming across as I learned branding and here's how I learned it. So now that's, that creates like the, the foundation I needed to finish up the rest of the course. I like it. So during your, your research, were there any case studies or examples of companies that had branding on point and, and did it really well? You know, a lot actually. Um, and, but it comes down to, kind of what aspect, you know, there's some brands really knew their customers, some brands really knew, um, you know, who they were, you know, saying some knew who their customers were. I saw some that really, I love how detailed their, uh, their brand guidelines were, you know, and that just like have how clear that is. But, you know, I never really saw like a brand that like kind of did it all necessarily, but I mean, a lot of brands are doing a lot of really great things. Okay. So any examples of bad brands or what, what a bad brand would, would do? I mean, again, it's really not a, an area that I would call myself an expert in, but yeah, I mean, I've seen bad brands. For me, a bad brand is a company that doesn't know who they are. And I mean, I've done consulting with a lot of companies and, you know, if they don't know their why, if they don't know their mission, if they don't know their, like their vision on where they're going, then it's, it's really hard to kind of execute on their brand. Right. And so and then you don't have consistency, you know? So I don't have any brands I'm going to call out as like bad branding, but for me, it's just, you know, I don't think the takeaway here is I don't think people appreciate enough how important a good foundation is. If you have a good brand, you understand your positioning, you understand who your customers are, you can bring somebody in and they can just run for you. Otherwise they have to keep checking back with you. And that's like, I think 
you know, it's just it's it's just hard to it's hard to get momentum if you have to, if you don't really know where you, where you're at. Okay, so I guess like as a, as an example, I was talking to Nacho, the the organizer of yeah. Nomad City, awesome and guy. Originally, he they were I guess their brand was to try to get digital nomads to come and check mm-hmm. out Gran Canaria because it's a great island and mm-hmm. they want more digital nomads here. Tons of co-working space. It's just like mm-hmm. a nice place to live. Sure, but then he realized that's actually a terrible idea to bring digital nomads here because they'll come for like a week or two. And then they'll leave. Okay. And that's kind of not what they wanted. They want people to come and just live here. You know? Sure. So they realized, let's change the focus of Nomad City, the branding aspect behind mm-hmm. it, from digital nomads to location independent, independent. workers yeah. or remote mm-hmm. workers or you know things like that. Right. No, I think that's brilliant. And, and again, that comes down to, you know, a lot of times people say niche in, niche in, right? And I totally agree with that. But I think that you can niche in too far, you know? And I think one of the things that I'll, I'll look at is like, you know, as an example, just search demand. So for coming from an SEO background, um, you know, I love to look at search demand and, and figure out, okay, I look at kind of your potential audience as like a, as like a V or, you know, like a funnel essentially. And, you know, these general high level topics, you know, coming in and niching all the way down in, and you don't have to be at the very, very base of the funnel, right? You should probably be like, you know, 10 or 20% up the funnel and then kind of spider in, you know, and have kind of different little kind of mini segmentations within your brand that, that, that super serves like different nomads and, you know, location. My point is you can be, you can super serve the location independent and, and not alienate nomads, right? Because it's the same and without, I think it's, uh, so I think it's a smart play. Okay. That, that's good. And I actually think it's good because they're actually, I think they're actually sponsored by the, the government of Gran Canaria or the island of Gran Canaria oh, no where they they have these incentive programs where they want more remote workers to come here they want to make it easy for mm-hmm. you know for people to to live here long term so anyone who's already from the EU they basically just show up yeah <laughs> you know and they can they can just live here pretty much forever i think technically it's 6 months you have to like check in but you can pretty much just live here and then they have, there's all these tax breaks where if you're from Sweden or Germany or somewhere where you have crazy income tax, you can become a resident of here and pay 4%. That's insane. We were watching that this, I mean, I was watching that, that talk this morning and like, every, the more I learn about this place, the more I love it. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I actually, I think it's a little bit early. I'm going to write like a full blog post about it. Like after I've been here for a month or two. I look forward to that. But so far, I would say Grand Canary is paradise. Yeah. Like as in good weather year round. Uh, nice people, nice food, like good stable Wi-Fi and infrastructure. And if you are from the EU and it's cold where you live right now and you don't like the cold, there's no reason for you not to come here. So I got to ask you this though. How, what do you think of the things like, like, look, we're not, it's what, like seven o'clock. We haven't had dinner yet. We'll probably have dinner in like two, three hours, you know, like how is that? Like, how does that factor in? Like, like, isn't that a little bit weird? So that's actually it's funny that you bring that up because of the lifestyle, like the right. cultural differences. Right. I don't know yet if I'm personally move here. Like right. I, I'm actually thinking about it yeah. because I'm like on paper this is perfect. Right. You know, it's a beautiful island, weather's good, and the you know, cost of living is is very good. It's it's not as cheap as like Thailand. Yeah. You know, the weather's not as great as Thailand during the great time, but at the same time, it's not as hot as Thailand is during the bad times. So like overall, like it's just good you know but the cultural differences actually make me think is this somewhere i want to live you know because as much as i actually enjoy speaking spanish or practicing my spanish i don't know if i want to live my whole life 
speaking Spanish, you know, sure. especially doing like anything to do with like bureaucracy, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it seems like a pain in the butt to register something in Spanish and have to deal with that laid back system where you kind of go back and forth to the office a million times. Right. Also having dinner at 10 or 11 PM and then going out until 6 AM for drinks. I don't want to do that. I, I'm an yeah. early bird. I like waking up early at, at eight the o'clock same. and it drives me a bit nuts that if I wake up at eight, nothing's open. And no, no one's what, open. What, what cracks me up? Sorry, what cracked me up was they had a. Um, I, I looked up brunch restaurants, and the brunch starts at like one thirty. Yeah, right? uh, like, instead of eleven. Like, yeah, like I would expect at least like you know I would I would want it to be like a ten thirty you know ten ten thirty brunch kind of thing. So it's definitely interesting. I mean, I love the I love the area here. There's a lot of bread. Like surprising, like everything is like bread focused here, which was I mean kind of like. Trying to detox a little bit, and so yeah. there's not a whole so the lot. So bread to eat. and beer and wine it yes. makes it very hard to be healthy here. Yes. Yet at the same time, people seem like relatively fit because you can walk everywhere. That's true. There's like lots of uh, activities you can do in the water in the mountains. It's to me, it's actually you know maybe you can answer this better than me because I've That's only it. been to Hawaii. You know, I was there last last year just for like a month or less than a month, a few weeks. Yeah. But to me, Grand Canary kind of reminds me of like a cheaper version of Hawaii where they speak Spanish. I, I would have to agree with you there. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. I feel like um, one thing I liked about Hawaii that I haven't seen as much here, but, I, but I've heard that it, that is, is the, um, the, the, the forestation, right? like, like the greenery. Like I've, um, the guys that went up the top they, and they said there's a whole like part of the island that gets really green and really lush. Uh, I think they were just in like a dry side of it maybe. I don't know, but I love the green. And yeah. so here it seems like a little bit brown for me. So uh, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean because when I flew over, it looked like I was flying over the Grand Canyon. Yeah, it was just like it was just brown, you right. know, desert. But I've seen like aerial footage, like videos of Grand Canary, and it looks like there is like lush. I don't know if it's definitely not. It's not jungle, but like forest, like green forest. Yeah. No, I, I, I've, people keep telling me this. I just haven't personally seen it yet. Yeah. But I mean, going back to your example, I think it is very similar. It's like a a Hawaii meets Europe kind of thing, which is a cool vibe. Yeah. So, like, what what about the island reminds you of Hawaii? Oh, definitely the the temperature. It seems to be very kind of like a fixed, consistent temperature. Water temperature. I mean, I was out in the doing the snor- uh, what was that? The um, I did snorkeling and then I did um, the the boat, the dolphin tour. Fantastic. That reminded me. I could have honestly on the on the dolphin tour, I could have thought that I was on Maui or Oahu completely. You know, even the size of the mountains and everything. Yeah, and as far as the weather. I'm, I'm so the weather here is it's it's strange because it's actually perfect <laughs> yeah. where it's never actually that hot right like, I think it never gets over I don't I, I, I haven't looked it up but I think it never goes over like 30 degrees which is what 80 or 90 or something yeah and it's always around like that 24 which is like 75 85 but it's sunny yeah so it's not too it's never too hot like Thailand and, and it's, it's never not too, too cold it doesn't seem too hum- humid either yeah because that's the one that gets me is the humidity. You know, okay. like having to like take a shower like like five times a day, you know, like to me here, it's pretty OK here. Well, know? and the strangest thing about Grand Canary is even though it's an island, that's actually not that big. I think you can drive like from the north to south, like the, the longest possible road in like a few hours. Nice. But people say that it's like a, it's on continent because they have now they have actually different weather in the south and in the north. So we're in the north in Las Palmas. Yes. And they say it's always mild here. It's never that hot. And then, but if you wanted to have like a really hot sunny beach day, you just have to drive like two hours to the south. Right. And it's like 
then you'll have the 90 you know plus degree days it was interesting that the south seemed to be like the quote-unquote touristy part of the island and it didn't seem to have any like there was like no locals down there it seems to be just like all tourism this is the this is the the spot you want to be at i mean like i i just kind of fell in love with just like the cities and walking through and like there's like so many different shops and restaurants and and things to do here it's really cool I don't know. yeah so Las Palmas, for you guys that don't know, is, the, I guess, the northern part of Grand Canary, which is part of the Canary Islands. And if you're not all, literally on the beach, if you're not on that boardwalk, you're just one block in, it feels like you're in a big city in Spain. Yeah. So it kind of felt like Barcelona mm-hmm. or like some of these other mm-hmm. cities. You don't, you actually forget that there's a beach. You're, you're yeah. just like in a city. I think also uh, Las Palmas got raided, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think there's something about it has like somebody was telling me something about um, one of the better beaches in the world, in the, in the city beaches, I should say, in the world, because it has that long Conteras or something like that, that really long strip along um, La, La Conteras. Yes, exactly. That's fantastic. I mean, like you don't really have. I mean, even in, here's the weird thing. Like even in Honolulu, I mean, even in Hawaii, I should say, there's no real restaurants that are like on the beach. Right, which is which is kind of blows your mind. You know, all the restaurants are so far within, uh, withdrawn from it, and so it's nice, like sitting, like you know, right on the beach, uh, having dinner, you know, kind of thing. So. Yeah. So La Conteras is the main tourist beach of Las Palmas, in the north, which isn't as touristy as the south, which is weird because right. the, the airport's here, which means people have to get on like a two-hour bus to go to the south to go to the resorts. But I've heard the reason why that is is. The weather is better in the south because the, the mountains um, kind of capture the, the clouds. And then what happened was during the financial crisis in Spain, the country sold off a lot of its real estate. And like international like kind of tour companies and hotels and resorts just bought the whole south. They bought the entire south. So nobody can build anything there. So they're, they're not building local housing or anything for locals. It's just resorts. While Las Palmas is you know was, was kind of just unaffected by that because the weather wasn't as sunny so you know so the tourists didn't want to stay here even though to me it's better like I, i'm like you where i don't want it to be 100 degrees i don't want it to be hot and humid all the time i you know i like enough sun where i can lay in the lay on the beach and even the water temperature it's not super warm like thailand like thailand water temperature gets to like i think cold in thailand would be 28 uh celsius which is i don't know like 75 or something and then it gets like 32, which is actually too hot to be in. Like when I go in the water, I don't want to be in a bathtub. It just feels kind of awkward, you know? And I think that's also why the water here seems cleaner because you don't have as much, I don't want to say parasites, but like you don't have as much bacteria from the warm water because it's too cold here for, for to live. And that on top of, uh, unlike places like ba- Bali and like Indonesia where they throw all the garbage in the water. Like here, the water is clean. Like it's That's really thing. clean. It's a very clean city. It seems yeah. the streets are clean. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's because we're in Europe. You know, we're right. like in a you know first world country. But that's but you bring that up. I didn't. So when we, when I when I decided when I booked a trip to Las Palmas, I knew it was an island off of Spain. I didn't know it was an island off of Morocco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's it's like this is off of Africa. This is not off of Spain. So I didn't know this until about two weeks ago before I came. I assumed this was near Ibiza or like mm-hmm. uh, Palma de Mallorca, okay, which is the like other, yeah, yeah, like east side. of Spain. Yeah, but I looked on the map. I'm like, oh my god, we are crossing the continent of Africa, and we are way closer to you know like the West Sahara than we are of Spain. Right? Yeah, it's bizarre. 
I didn't, I was going to make it a trip over there, but I thought I, I didn't want to like go and spend one or two days, you know, and so I thought, no, I'm going to come back and, and I, I've got to explore that. I mean, I've been wanting to explore that area for a long time. So. But that's why the temp, like the climate here is so good because in places like Ibiza, it's only nice during the summer and then it's a little bit cold in, in the winter. And that's why people come here in the winter is because it's like kind of that year round temperature. And as we talk about with the, with the water temperature, it's actually chilly. It's like 24 degrees in the water all the time, which means you have to have a wetsuit when you are in the water for like a prolonged period of time. So if you're like surfing for an hour or you're scuba diving, you like definitely need a wetsuit. Unlike Thailand where you don't because it's so warm. But at the same time, it's warm enough where like I go snorkeling pretty much every day. And even though it's chilly, it's fine to go, you know, in just shorts. And it's actually refreshing. I kind of like it. No, it is. I mean, I'm, I am excited to see what Thailand has to offer. I have never been to Thailand. So like I told you, um, I'm heading there in about three weeks. No, uh, four, five weeks, something like that. So yes. looking forward to so that. So you're going you're gonna to go, you're going on the Nomad Cruise. Going on the Nomad Cruise. From here to Panama, which is South America. Right. And I'm going to spend about a week in Central America somewhere. I haven't really decided. South America or Central? I mean, Central America okay. somewhere. I haven't decided. And then I'm going to go back to San Diego for about a week, see my cat. And uh, repack my bags, and then heading to Thailand for about three weeks. Wow! So you're gonna go? Sh- wow! You're going straight? That's crazy. Yeah. Why? Why to Thailand? Yeah, and and like why? Why now? Like why um, so soon? I've actually had the Thailand trip booked for about a year, and uh, just kind of had it booked, and just just you pull the trigger on something, just because I needed like do some sort of vacation, and so that was actually gonna be the first vacation for me to like just start like getting out and going, and then I just. Didn't want to wait that long, and so that's why I <laughs> booked the the cruise and kind of started backdating my my travel. So okay, I like it. And all, all kind of works out. Hey guys, let's take a real quick break so I can hopefully get you paid. So as a small business owner, I know I personally forget to send out or follow up on invoices all the time, and. I bet you, if you, especially if you're traveling a lot, you might too. And the problem with that is we are leaving money on the table by either completely forgetting about people who owe us money or haven't paid their invoices on time. So whether you're a freelancer, you're a small business owner, or you just need to collect money, if you are bad with numbers or with following up, you'll definitely want to check out the all-new FreshBooks, the cloud accounting software. So my favorite feature is probably their automated late payment reminders. What that does is it allows FreshBooks to help you avoid that awkward talk or that conversation with the client, even that awkward email about past due reminders. So FreshBooks automates the late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments or having awkward conversations and more time working your magic and actually getting things done. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash travel and enter travel like a boss in the how did you hear about us section. So from the people that we met so far, yes. I, I think you're going to meet a lot more people on the cruising. I had a lot more time to get to know them because you're there. Well, like, like what, what is actually the cruise? Like you tell everyone? Sorry? Like what is the actual oh. Nomad Cruise? So yeah, the, the Nomad Cruise is, um, I think there's about 250 um, of us going. Like I said, it's my first year, so I don't fully know the space. But uh, it's, it's kind of funny to talk about meeting people. I feel like at this point, because we're like, what, two days away from the cruise, I almost don't want to... I almost don't have the energy to meet new people. There's so many new people who show up just for this event. I almost don't have, because we have like, like maybe 50, 60 people that I've been, you know, that I'm like buddies with now, you know? I don't know if I have the energy to meet more people that are not going to be on the cruise because I've been meeting so many cool people here that aren't going. And it almost feels like, you know, like you, you, you really want to keep 
building that relationship with them and then they're already leaving you know so we'll connect again i'm sure but i, I actually felt that way like i felt like a disappointment yes. in everyone's eyes when i told them i'm not going on the you know, i was really disappointed i wanted to hang out with you i'm sorry buddy well i'm coming to your uh i'm coming to january so nomad summit january, january 20th. 20th i'm about to be there that's awesome yeah so you you guys so you're going to know my cruise on monday yes for, for and it's for two weeks two weeks pretty much on on sea most of the time yeah i think we're stopping off four times okay uh three or four times so if you guys haven't heard of the nomad cruise basically what it is is this guy named johannes had this brilliant idea where he's like well how can we get a bunch of nomads together in a place where everything's taken care of food drinks accommodation have time just to give talks and learn from each other and hang out and a normal cruise is pretty expensive and it's like you're always kind of doing something so you only have time to i guess to just chill but what they have these repositioning cruises that happen twice a year when it gets too cold in europe for for people who want to cruise so then they move the entire cruise ship from europe to central or south america like that's why it's so cheap and yeah and instead of having it be empty for those two weeks they just have these great deals to fill up the rooms. That makes a lot of sense. When I saw the price, I was like, I don't know how this price is, how it works. Cause I didn't, you know, other cruises are, you know, you can't get out of there with less than 10 grand, you know? So like, this is like crazy. 10, I don't know about 10 grand, but maybe, yeah. You know, well, the last cruise. Wow. You spent 10 grand on a cruise? I guess it depends on how, how long it is. Cause I think cruises, from what I've seen, it really depends on like how many days it is. Right. So, I normally think of a cruise as like a three-day cruise, like, you know, and it's like, you know, last minute special or something. But I guess you, you're right. Like, like if I, like, if I think about the cruises that people go to like Alaska or something and it's like over a week, you know, it's bare minimum $5,000. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was actually for two people. So I think it was uh, just over, just over 10 for two people. So seven okay. day cruise. So. Where did you go on your last cruise? Last cruise was actually Alaska. Oh, there which you go. Was nice. um, it went with the Oceania, which was really good. It seemed like a really good brand, good food. Okay. But this one here was weird. So, so I'm on like this full detox, like, you know, no drugs, no alcohol, no sugar, no, you know, even like really no bread. You know, I'm really trying to, and I, I'm, cause I, and it's, I'm just doing that for, for, for myself, just trying to kind of get, get back and really kind of get, I don't know, just kind of just reset, to be honest. But, it's the worst time to do it because there's so much free beer here. There's there's like so much tapas that's all bread. And so I walk around and I'm drinking water, you know, for like the last week. I mean, I've lost like 12 pounds in two weeks. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. So but at something. the expense of not enjoying the tapas and, and wine. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely missing out on something. But but in the other side, like, I don't know. I feel I feel a lot more alive. Like people have like commented that I feel like there's like that I've got like a glow to me or something weird. Um, yeah. You have great energy. It's. Honestly, I I would actually attribute the energy to just resetting and just kicking all of the stimulants, you know? You know what? It's it's crazy because when even though I've really been enjoying myself, yeah, eating, you know, tapas, which is always basically bread, cheese and right. like cured meats and you know, some <laughs> heavy stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you know, drinking wine, drinking beer. That part I'm definitely enjoying. Like right. there, there's you know, like I'd be lying if I said I don't enjoy that. Yeah. But at the same time, I haven't been enjoying life as much like i'm tired every day i'm sure. like sluggish brain fog i just like i don't even have the energy to, to like meet people and want to like do do things like 
someone says, oh, do you want to drive down to the south of the island and go snorkel? I'm like, no, I don't do that. Right. Like, I'm, like right. I just want to chill. But I remember when I was eating really strict, clean diet. So I was eating like a super paleo diet, no sugar, no yep. alcohol, nothing. And I actually wrote a book about it. It's called Life Changes Quick. Okay. And that was when I was first trying to figure out my life. And I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm going to get in shape. If nothing, like if nothing else, I'm going to get in shape before I leave Thailand. Nice. And I started with that diet and I felt better than I've ever felt in my life. Honestly, I feel my mind is, I, I do feel sharper. I do feel more awake. I feel more aware of like my surroundings and stuff. And it's, it's just interesting. You know, I mean, I, the last year I was kind of in a little bit of a depression. And so I was just, just not myself, you know, and just feeling the fog and just, so it's, it's, it's not only just coming out of that and, but it's also the feeling the contrast of like just the last year of just kind of being sedated for the most part. I know exactly what you mean. And the worst part is because I, I, I know I'm being, I'm sedating myself. Yes. By eating bread, drinking yes. beer, you know, just not like not being healthy. Yeah. I, I'm just like, and I see you, how, how much energy you have. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> that, that need, I need to get back on that. Dude, but here's the thing. I'm not actually missing, like, I, there's a, there's a piece of me that says, hey, that would be good to have that. But it's not like I'm like, I'm not really depriving myself. So last night we were out, we did tapas night. And uh, I found the sushi, the little sushi joint there, and I just asked them if they can make me some sashimi. They made me like, like really fresh salmon sashimi with um, uh, like a half an avocado, dude. Like and that's amazing. It's healthy. It's good. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't miss the rice. You know, like it was just, it was a phenomenal meal. You know, so I mean, yeah, I like it. Yeah. You know what? It's never an excuse. It's just about what our priorities currently are. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. I like. I'm proud of you. I'm very, very proud of you for that. Thanks, man. I'm actually surprised at my willpower here, but <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, actually, what's funny is when I went on my on the cruise last year. Not yeah. the nomad cruise, just a, a cruise with my my parents actually. Nice. It, and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna. It's a buffet, or and even at the restaurant, you can order as much whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna eat super clean paleo nice. because I can go and just load up on vegetables, guacamole, and like steak. Right. You know? And then I could walk out all day because I'm on a, on a ship. Right. I ended up doing none of that. It was like literally by this, I think on the second day, you know, like you're sitting around having like a three hour meal every day because there's nothing else to do. And yeah. people ordering dessert. And I was like, and I, and I just totally gave up on it. Yeah. You know, I think it'll be good. I don't know. I, I think it'll be easy to eat there. You know, hopefully they got, you know, fruit and, 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 and whatever and everything. And, you know, I should have. I guarantee with your willpower and if you, if you make it your priority, you'll be able to, to stay on track. And I hope you do. I, I think the the first week is the hardest. I think I'm at like week four now, so like I'm I'm pretty much good. Yeah, I like that. So as far as like business, because there's not really going to be any Wi-Fi on the boat, right? So what are you going to do about your running your business, making money, things like that? Sure. So I mean, I do have so I have like two different teams, um, and I just kind of loaded them up with tasks and just told them what needed to happen. And um, the, the guys that like can't like if I didn't give somebody a any tasks and I just told him to go on vacation, <laughs> you know? Um, so, uh, no, I'm good for the next couple of weeks. I mean, really I, the things that I want to be working on is like, I, I want to record my course because it's, I've got the decks done. I just need to pull the trigger and just sit down and record it. And like, honestly, the thing that stopped me like a couple months ago from recording, it was like, well, I just, I just look too fat. I don't want to record this thing. And I look so fat. It's not, you know, it's just kind of funny. That was like my excuse. But anyway, I think about recording that on the cruise. Um, and then a lot of the stuff, I've been working on that events directory for the nomads, uh, like we're actually um, global citizen kind of event directory, and um, that I can just do on my local host. So I'll get get that banked out, finished up this week, get the data. Okay, populated. nice. So 
With recording, obviously, you can do that without internet. Yes. As long as you have enough hard drive space. Yes, I got plenty. Okay, good. And then creating the the website, I guess you can, you can do it. You can create it offline. Yes, as a programmer. Yeah. So I built. Uh, so it's been actually been built since uh, midweek. What I need to do is just kind of go in and just kind of like populate some data into it, and uh, just kind of put put a little bit of kind of tweaks on the on the on the user flow. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting to know because I think the biggest um, kind of concern most people have about going on a two week transatlantic cruise is even though it'd be fun that you're about, around a bunch of nomads that it's almost ironic that you have a bunch of digital nomads who work online that don't have internet yeah that struck me as odd but it, it doesn't affect me but like i thought that was odd for other i mean you pretty much have to you have to look at it like a vacation like not like a working thing yeah and if anything i think so okay so to be fair there there technically is internet but first, it's something like $15 a day, which yeah. really adds up. It ends up being like $300 during the trip. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's very limited as well. The, th- the thing that gets me is I don't mind the price. What bothers me is that it's only for one device. Yeah, okay. That just drives me crazy. You know, it's like, you know, like at least, you know, I'll pay your 15 bucks a day, but like I should be able to use it on my multiple devices. Well, they, they definitely do that because they don't want people to sharing passwords or like right, having, you know. Right. Well, I, mean, I think the idea is I'll, I'll, I'll probably just uh, run it through... Like one device and then just tether all my other devices to it. Well, good luck with that because I, from what I've heard from previous uh, years, yeah. that the internet works once in a while, but not most of the time. Fair. And it, and it's crazy that the, the technology, you know, it's not Nomad Cruises' fault. It's the technology of satellite internet and also being in the middle of the ocean is just not like that stable. Well, look, I'm, I'm at like a, what would he consider a nice hotel here, Hotel Cantor? Their internet is horrible. It cuts out every 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's like, you know, like if you can't get a, you know, decent internet at whatever, a four-star hotel or whatever it is, then like how are you going to get decent internet on the middle of the ocean? Well, what's ironic is that I'll like sometimes be staying, like I was staying at an Airbnb in Ukraine mm-hmm. at like a terrible Airbnb too. Yeah. yeah. Like the, I remember the photo of the place looks so bad. And the title, you know how normally they say like, you know, four, you know, two bedroom right. by the, you know, whatever. The title was literally flat. Flat? Yeah. Okay. Which, which I wow. guess, which is another word for apartment. No, yeah. I get but that. like, imagine like. Nondescript. You, you, yeah. So nondescript. Like, oh, what, what are you, like, you know, like what's the place you're, you're renting out? Yeah. Flat. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, but the internet was incredible. Yeah. They should have just led with that. Fast internet and a place to put your head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fast internet, comma, flat. <laughs> yeah, comma, flat. No, that'd be funny. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of, that is one thing I, I've missed being over here is the fast internet. I just upgraded, like, I was getting about 325 down uh, in San Diego in my house. And so, like, here, it's, uh, yeah. Well, but that's because you're staying at a, a hotel. I, I think it depends. I think pe- some people are getting 300 down really? at their apartments here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I'll just blame them on the hotel. Yeah. So, what, what are you looking forward to most on the cruise? Again, the reason I want to go on the cruise was to just kind of, re, you know, kind of reset myself um, and meet people. I've been a, I've been kind of a hermit, like, you know, I, I've probably, you know, anyways, so I've just been kind of a hermit. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to do that. But it, it's it's almost like I've been so social the last two weeks that like, like the Nomad Cruise is like just gonna be more of the same, which is which is I'm loving. But um, it yeah, I'm just just gonna reset and chill out. I like it, and I think it's gonna be uh, so far like the people I met going on it is either kind of like one or two directions it's either people are just starting out so they don't actually have any responsibilities right, yet right. <laughs> they're, just, they, they're either like on a gap year 
they quit their job, mm-hmm. they're on sabbatical, they're still trying to figure out what they yeah. want to do. So they don't actually have any responsibilities right. or people like you who already are successful that are like, okay, I need some time to kind of reset and kind of figure out what I want to yeah. do. I think it's, it's not really for people that have to be online. It's definitely not for people that have to be online running a business day to day. Not at this point, right? Until they improve it. But I, I think if yeah. I were to answer the question, like, what do I want out of it? Like my ideal situation would be like just to be there and like, and like mentor some people, you know, like that's, I kind of feel like that's kind of my role now. I, I miss so since I've been in San Diego, I don't teach as much. And so I kind of miss the teaching aspect. And uh, I don't know, like, like when I look at, and this is kind of off topic or whatever, but when I kind of look at like the nomad community, one of the pieces that I, I and again, this is an outside perspective, but it doesn't seem like it's a sustainable, it's as sustainable as it could be. I think people, I've seen stories of people as like, you know, I, I, look, I've talked to two people here that have said, oh, I just quit my job. And I'm going to be a digital nomad. And I says, Oh, nice. What, what, what in, you know, like what area? And they're like, well, I don't know yet, yet. I'm like, okay, well, what have you been learning? Well, I haven't, I'm going to have to, I have to learn some skills. Oh, okay. You must have big savings. No, I've got like 500 bucks. Okay. Like, how, like, like I, I applaud that. Like, and that's the problem, right? Because I don't want to be that limiting guy. Like, I don't want to like limit them and being like, Hey, that doesn't sound very smart because I'm sure there's a lot of people that have just, just gone out on a limb and made it right. Because that, you know, you have more of a drive when, when you, when you, when you need to do it. But I don't know. I, I would love to like, like my ideal, what I was thinking about doing was just like renting like a big house and then letting people come in and just doing like, like almost like indoctrination camps, you know, kind of thing. Like, look, like, like here's some skills, you know, like, like, you know, understand their passion, you know, do different, like different kind of, um, you know, sprints kind of thing based on different sets and then help them just like, you know, go out there. I don't know. You know, it's a great idea, and Chiang Mai would actually be the perfect but place to do it. T- but you, you told me though that I shouldn't. I mean, you did not that I shouldn't, but you told me like, like uh, there were some pitfalls when you tried doing that a little bit, or or no, I, well, I tried doing that in okay, Ukraine, okay. and people didn't weren't trying to be digital oh, nomads. They like people just wanted a stable job to make two dollars an hour, and even though I was trying to teach them for right. free for no for like like no, no like no financial gain right. on my part, I just wanted to teach them how to use Upwork sure. and Fiverr because I'm like oh. If you made four dollars an hour, you'd make double the salary yeah. of a doctor in yes. Ukraine for doing something online yeah. that I could teach. Maybe you. I should. Or, I didn't interrupt. Maybe yeah. I should organize no. a boot camp for like the early part of January yeah. before your conference. You know what? That'd be amazing. It'd be fun, right? It, it would. It would definitely be yeah. amazing. Oh. Okay, Let, let, let's talk more for about sure. that. If there is, I'll make sure I announce it on the Nomad nice. Summit email nice. list. So get your tickets at nomadsummit.com if you haven't already. I'm going to be there. I, I'm looking forward to it. All right. If people want to follow you, are you on social media or anything? Uh, yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at Rob. Yeah. And in- at Rob. Yeah. I, wow. I've look. I've got some geek credentials. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I am a little bit humble, but like, I've you're yeah. you're super humble. Anybody that has their first name on Twitter as their handle is is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So you can follow me on at Rob on Twitter. I don't think most people use Twitter anymore, but like, it's there. Instagram. I'm using uh, DIY DIFM for my uh kind of public one and then i have like a private one that's is more just like cats and food nobody wants to be there but yeah i'm gonna follow you i'm following at rob right now on twitter <laughs> nice. this is amazing we, we need to get you the the verified sign That'd be yeah, even better. You know, it's, it's funny actually a lot of people actually call me at rob that's like the nickname that they call, call me but i don't know i love it very cool all right well have fun on the cruise thanks man i appreciate you know so i, I gotta say this okay yeah. real quick when, my impression of this whole scene is so much better than I could even possibly imagine because 
you know, like, okay, so I did some research, you know, as I was like looking at, you know, like, and, and I found like, like you as an example, there's like some people that are like doers, right? They're like big deals. And I, so we sat down, we were in the co-working, co-working C, uh, Nacho's co-working space here. I sit down, I don't know you from Adam at the time, and you were just like so nice and just like so approachable, you know, and then I, and I'm, it's just like the whole scene is like that. Like, I just love the whole community because there's not a lot of ego. There's not a lot of posturing. There's like, it just seems like a bunch of really just genuine people. And that's like, if I'm being really honest and I, and I'm not trying to be negative here, but like a lot of the networking stuff I've gone to in San Diego and other places is, you know, they lead with like, what do you do? They lead with like, how much do you, you know, how can you help me? Yeah. It's really kind of a weird scene. And, And like here, like everybody is just so cool and so chill. Yeah, I like that as well. And I, actually, it reminds me of freshman year in college. Okay. Where the first day, the first week, everybody's excited. They're like, hi, I'm Johnny. You're like, yeah. Like, are you, you know, which dorm are you in? <laughs> yes, yes, seriously. Yeah. So I like that. I hope that never dies. You know, this is what I, I try to preach and promote. That's why this, you know, this podcast has always been free. I have on guests like you who are super generous and just like, opening up teaching what they know you know the nomad summit i always try to keep it affordable for everyone you know actually in chiang mai we actually have weekly nomad coffee meetups where people just volunteer and teach nice whatever they know every single week every friday yeah. and that's always been free and i think we've been doing this for like over two years now so there's definitely you're 100 right there's a there's so many generous people in this community it's it's weird i'm glad it i think it finally faded but for a while like last year People were really hating on the digital nomad community on like oh. Twitter, on like anonymous Facebook groups, not Twitter, on um, Reddit. Yeah. And, the, you know, people were like saying like, you know, oh, like the whole digital nomad scene is a scam. It's a, you know, it's all but, that. But here's the, and so here's the thing. I actually started, so I looked in a little bit of that, right? And that's what I was talking about a minute ago, but I was just kind of being a little bit vague with it. But like, what gets me is that people show up with really unrealistic expectations, right? Of this get rich quick kind of thing and it's like that's why like like I, I i don't know that's why i really like want to like show them as an example i don't think the nomad community even even appreciates what seo is right like a lot like everyone that i've been talking to i'm like oh i do seo and they're like oh but well, like do you do facebook ads i'm like dude like seriously that's your prioritization well i you think know? it's just because it's hot right now and, and you know what and you're right that's actually the the biggest problem with kind of new nomads sure it's they they read a few things online yeah. and they're like, okay, that is what I'm going to do right? without actually understanding how to do it, without actually taking the time to, to learn it. Right. And like, you know, traditionally you would go to college or you go to take a course on how to do it. Now you have online courses. But at the same time, you know, now people are like, well, no, no I, like I watched a YouTube video. And sometimes YouTube videos are really good and in-depth. Sure. But sometimes they're not. <laughs> right. You know? And I think it's it's weird because... I actually really try to tell people what you should do, the smart thing to do would be to stay home first, build some kind of online income. Yes. And even if you're making 500 bucks a month, come out here, you can scale that very easily. Because then you have the time. But get get some sort of base. Yeah. You know? And, you know, but the the reason why I tell people, you know, don't wait until you're making, you know, a full time income is because two things. One is you can can survive off of $500 a month in Chiang Mai. You know? Like I was spending six hundred bucks a month for a long time. It's it's doable. It's sure. it's very cheap. But second, if you can make five hundred bucks a month online, and then 
you're living in a place like Chiang Mai where there's a bunch of other people. Well, it seems like there's doing, opportunity there. Yeah. Right? Is that what I kind of feel? It's feeling? not even opportunity. It's more like the, everyone else is, is, you know, is hustling. Everyone else is like, you know, is working. You get ideas. You meet smart people. Nice. And then you'll have the time to focus on just building a business, you know, instead of having a, a nine to five job and doing this on weekends by yourself. Then it's, I, I would guarantee anyone, if you could figure out how to make 500 bucks online by yourself working, you know, on a weekend, you know, or at night, after your, your day job, I guarantee you can take that same business, whatever it is, and Focus scale that, yeah. you know, to $2,000 a month once, you know, within yeah. a few months in Chiang Mai. No, I, I totally am with you on that. I think for me, it's like, you, I just, I just think people need to figure out what they want to do because if, if you come on a very, if you've got one month runway and you have to figure out what you want to do, then learn how to do it and then start on it. Like you're, you may not even choose something that you actually want to do or actually should even be going down, right? Because you may just be, doing it like taking on whatever it is that you need to do just like just yeah. to make Lindsay meet versus something that and you may get stuck at that level right versus thinking of something like, like what's my big picture plan how am i going to get there okay now let's execute on it and, and i 100 percent agree with you but the only reason why i can't really blame these people is because yeah. i did the exact same thing that all of them are doing okay fair, fair. i i had no money i sold my car okay moved to thailand and was like okay i'm here <laughs> You know, and that's, and, and again, that's the reason, like, I don't want to, like, be, like, limiting on people. Like, it's just this impression that I had. And it's more like, not like I want to condemn people for, like, for just jumping out and doing it. It's more like, hey, I know there is a better way. And I'd love to be a part of the solution, I guess, is the bigger picture. I like that. I, but I think that, okay, so I think the reason why a lot of people just jump out here without knowing what they're doing is, is because they know that if they didn't, there's a big chance they never would come in the first place. That's true. You know, and that there's no Fully way. Fully true. Yeah. Fully. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a uh, not a not a white or black situation. Like you know, saying like a, it's a, it's there's a, there's a gray area in, of this and and no, I mean good good for people for being doers. For me, at the end of the day, if you're a doer and you have to go home, you didn't fail. You just that was your first iteration. Yeah, and if anything, like I I think of it this way, right? Like yeah. let's say you know you take your five hundred bucks, yeah, right? Yeah, you go on the nomad cruise, you go to Chiang Mai. And then, you know, you, you give it a shot, right? Yep. You know, you're like, okay, I'm going to figure out what I want to do. You don't figure anything out. Your money runs out after two months. Right. You go home. What did you lose? Like, if anything, you, you just gained a cool experience. Definitely. It was like a, like a, like a different type of traveling. And then if you liked it, then you'd be like, okay, I'm going to work my butt off at whatever job I hate. Sure. And then I'm going to make it work the next time. Yeah. No, no, totally makes sense. I think all you lose is a little hurt ego. You know, and uh, well, you, know, you maybe, get inspired. You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, none of neither of us have the right answer. I think it's the right answer lies within each one of you. It's a personal thing. Yeah, it absolutely is. So no, I mean, so so my, the whole the whole tangent I was going on was actually just to come around and say seriously, thank you. Like like. I'm excited there's people like you in the community that are like making this a reality for people. So I appreciate kudos, that. Man. And you know what? It sounds like you're going to be doing the same thing. So, so thank you. I hope, I hope to lend to it. I do. Yeah. I like it. Very cool. So follow at Rob on Twitter or any of the sites that he mentioned earlier. It seems like the, the last talk just ended and we're going to probably go out for tapas and, and beer again. Let's do it. So thanks again, Rob. Right and on. I'll see all of you guys next week or maybe out here in Grand Canary. Right on. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.